Good morning. How's everybody? Amen. Let's uh, go to Hebrews chapter 11. And this is where we'll begin. Uh, we're continuing looking at this subject, faith for healing. And uh, just my way I do things, if I, we get started on something, I just want to get all of it out of it, we can. And, uh, you know, faith is uh, personal. And this is important because, uh, you know, we can, uh, people can get caught up in uh, a formula of faith. And miss the principles that govern it. Faith is a law. The Bible says, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, and he was asking about how we were justified and how we were made right with God. And he said, by what law? You know, uh, the law of works? And he said, no, the law of faith. So faith is a law. That's one of the first things many, many years ago that, I heard from Charles Caps that absolutely changed the, my viewpoint of faith is that faith is a law. If something's a law, then there are principles that there are principles that govern that law. Uh, so if you get caught up in trying to make it a formula, all right, then it's well, if I do this. I will get this or if I do enough of this well that's a formula but it's not the principles of faith uh, you can turn anything into a formula confession you can turn it into a formula good works you can turn it into a formula there are multiplied hundreds of thousands of people in the world that believe if they just do enough good works that they'll make it to heaven that 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 God will look at him and say, well, yeah, you were kind of a, a scoundrel, but you did a few good works. And so we're going to let you in, you know, based on on what you did. Well, they've they've reduced salvation to a formula. If I just do this, if I just do that, then then I'll be OK. Right. And you can you can in trying to walk and live and receive by faith, you can try to work the formula so much that you violate the principle all right faith is something uh that you receive by all right uh you're saved by grace through faith well grace just simply means that it's obviously god's willingness to show you his benefit and his uh favor uh even though you don't deserve it at that at that point right uh, but you did that through faith. You just received it. You didn't do anything to receive salvation, but receive salvation. And that's the genesis of your faith. That's the genesis. That's the genesis moment of faith in your life. And, and, and where the genesis was, was you just received it. And... Uh, so it's the same with faith for healing, faith for whatever you're believing for. Uh, anything in the word comes from feeding faith for anything in the word comes from feeding on the word concerning that subject. And uh, it's important that faith comes, you know, Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing. It's important that faith comes because of what faith is. And here in Hebrews 11, 1, it tells us, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And we've talked about this over the weeks, so we won't spend a lot of time on it. But uh, the, the Weist Bible says it's the tie, faith is the title deed of things hoped for. Uh, Sunday morning, I ministered on the importance of, of living a life of expectation. Because if you're going to walk by faith, you'll be living a life of expectation. 
because that hope for is the picture. Hope, by definition, very simple definition in the Greek is expectation. That's what it means. It means to expect. Hope means to expect. Now, hope has come to mean this in our, in our society, uh, maybe or maybe not. Well, I hope so, right? Well, brother, you know, are you going to do this? Well, I hope to. That means I might or I might not. But hope, a Bible definition of hope is to expect. Well, if you are expecting something, you believe that something's there. Right? I mean, I mean think about it. When, when you uh, uh, go to a young lady and she's expecting a child, right? That, we, we say that. Oh, they're expecting. Well, what are the, exactly what are they expecting? A rabbit? No, they're, they're expecting a child. Right. And nowadays we can know what gender child they're expecting. Amen. But the point is they're expecting. Now, now think about that. They have a picture this. We have a child. Right. We, we can we can. They're expecting when when it comes to to faith for anything. If I don't have a clear cut expectation. All right. I can have all the faith in the world with no expectation. Faith receives what I expect. And uh, that's why very often people are on, on one end where they're just doing everything they can do to try to get more faith, more faith, more faith, more faith, more faith, more faith. And they're putting little time into expectation. Well, I guess I just need more faith. I guess I just need more faith. Well, you had enough faith when you got saved to do the impossible. You believed that you were a new creature in Christ Jesus. You believed that you were, in that split second of time, that you were a sinner. And after you received Christ, you believed, probably with very little teaching, very little prompting that you were born again. See, somebody had to teach you not to keep believing that way. Because somewhere along the line, you started hearing, or I say you, I probably shouldn't say that. People started hearing, well, you know, if it's God's will, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. You know, if God chooses to. Well, what expectation can be in that? How can you put faith in that? Well, if God chooses to, well, how do I know if he chooses to now? What if, what if I'm one of the ones that the dice rolls craps on? Right? What if God put us in his prayer wheel and it came up, not you? Right? Well, the, the point is, is so, but if I if 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 I understand that, then I know what to expect. I got to build my expectation, and my expectation comes from the Word. Every picture that God wants you to have of yourself, He placed in His Word. Every picture, there's there's nothing that God wants you to be that you can't find in the Word. But I've got to spend time expecting that that's why you have to be very careful when uh, uh, you know I, I hear people and they judge other people's faith I don't know in who in here has faith and I don't know who doesn't I mean in reality you you believe I have faith because I'm your pastor but you don't know because you don't know what I've been hearing you don't know what I've been expecting Right. I mean, now you look around, it's pretty evident we're operating in faith. But the, the, the point is, I don't know. Well, you know, I know that person doesn't have faith. Well, how? How do you know? How do you know they don't have faith? Well, blah, blah, blah. Well, remember that the same criteria that you use to judge another person is the criteria that will be used to judge you. 
That, that literally means to be put to the test, to, to put to a critical test, to criticize. All right? It's, an adju- it's, 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 it's to be a critic. You understand? I'm taking time to explain that because faith is the substance, the title deed, the conviction of what you're hoping for. What you're hoping for is what you're expecting to, here's the word, receive. Right? See, people, and, and we've talked about this over the years with our words. Someone will say, uh, you know, well, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm just so sick. And faith people will just jump. You shouldn't say that. Wait a minute. He really doesn't have an option but to say that because that's what he's expecting. You understand? And if you, you can try to correct his words, but if you don't correct what he's expecting, it doesn't matter if you correct his words. He's still expecting the same thing. And, and, that's, and that's where people run into uh, 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 a uh, challenge with their faith is they're trying to use faith that's designed to receive something without giving faith anything to receive. And that, and that becomes the challenge. And so I have to spend time building my expectation. I see me as healed. I see me as well. I see me as strong. I see me as complete. Right? I spend time doing that and I'm seeing myself that way. Amen. It, you, when it, a, a very simple explanation is if someone's constantly, they can be born again, and they're constantly calling themselves a sinner or a failure or unrighteous or whatever. For instance, now I grew up Pentecostal, and I'm still Pentecostal. I just don't believe a lot of the doctrine that I, we believed then. But here's something that people said now. Uh, uh, if, if, if it goes contrary wise to maybe something you believe, just bear with me. But uh, people used to say this, well, I thank God that God doesn't see me as I am. He sees me through the blood of Jesus. Well, no, he sees you as what the blood of Jesus made you. Because that leaves the idea that I'm still a poor, pitiful, unrighteous, no good, sorry, sinner, worm. And he put the lens of the blood over me. And I've really not changed. It's just the blood makes me look different. No, I became righteous. Right? I became holy. I became set apart. I became a child of God. And so my point is, is. When, when, when you take things like that, if somebody's saying that all the time, I'm a sinner, I'm no good, I'm unrighteous, well, they're never going to receive from God, not because God doesn't have to give to them or not because God can't do it, but because they don't believe they're worthy. So they, what do they have to do? They have to change their perception. They have to get a different picture of themselves. Right? Pastor Michelle, in her testimony, we were watching it last night. She was on the Kelly show, and we were, we were watching it. And uh, uh, she was telling about the, the time that uh, she was expecting our first child. And uh, uh, that, you know, there began to be signs that she was uh, uh, miscarrying the baby. And, well, I, I jumped in there, and I said, well, look, you know, this is what the Word says. This is what we're going to believe and, uh, uh, you know, she agreed with me. But if you heard the testimony, she said, right here, I wasn't believing. Why? She said, because the devil started on her. Yeah, you're losing this baby because of that baby you aborted. And you're losing this child because of that. And God's not going to hear your prayer. And, and no, nope, right? Well, you understand? See, I had an expectation that she didn't have. What stopped her expectation? The picture she had of herself. You only expect what you think you deserve. And that's why the, one of the basis of faith, now I'm taking a minute in healing school to teach on this for a reason. The, the, the reason for that 
is if you see yourself as God sees you, then you see all the barriers to receiving taken away. Right? Because what does the enemy do? Isn't it interesting? Think about this. Oh, Lord, help me. I'll get to healing, I promise. Here's the thing with the devil. Now, hear me, and, and don't throw anything at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify this. The devil is smarter than you. All right? He is an evil genius when it comes to arguing. He is a genius in the mental realm. And he works to keep you in the mental realm. Why? He'll whip you every time. But here's the good news. All you got to do is refuse to stay in the mental realm. That's all you got to do. And keep him over in the arena of faith. Because he has no answer for faith. Because the enemy can only see what is present. That's all he can see. And he, and he optimizes that. If you've ever made a mistake since you've been born again, and I'm sure you have, or sinned, we could say, right? If, you, if you've ever done that, the devil jumped on that like a squirrel on a new nut, man. He just jumped all over that and started pounding you about that. Yeah, you were just witnessing the people at your job and telling them how God saved you and God delivered you and then this and that and the other. And if you weren't careful, I mean, you were next to backsliding by the time you got home. Well, what did you have to do? Well, yes, sir. Yeah, that's right, Mr. Devil. I did do that. I did. I failed. I got over in the flesh about that. But thank God, he said, if I'm faithful, if, if I'll confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. What'd you do? You just pulled him over into the arena of faith and he's crying uncle. Because there's nothing he can do about that. Because you don't see yourself as a sinner failure. You see yourself as someone in right standing with God that has the right and the authority to go boldly into the throne room and receive forgiveness when you make a mistake. So it's the perception. It's, it's what you're expecting because faith receives what we expect. Oh, hallelujah. I was, I was teaching the, the, the students last night about... Uh, the, the things of God are, are received and the things of God are investigated in a spiritual realm. Uh, your natural mind won't understand it. You will never understand how God's going to heal you or how God has healed you. But he said, I have. So what's the picture? I see me as healed. And what's faith doing? Steady receiving that picture. Right. And, and 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 you'll be better tomorrow and you'll be more better the next day and more better the next day and more better the next day. Right. Because you're receiving it every day. Right. That's why every day is a faith day. You get up every day and you see yourself that way. Amen. Well, I could just stay right there. Amen. So the things that are ours by faith have to be received by faith. They're mine by faith. Now remember, when you say something is yours by faith, it's not something I'm going to get. You're saying, I have the title deed. I am convinced it's mine right now. But that has to be received by faith. Because something can be mine and not be received by me. It can be mine, but not be received. And there's any number of illustrations there. Uh, you know, if you've ever tried to give somebody something that they wouldn't take, well, it was theirs. In your mind, it was theirs. I was talking to a guy one time, and I said, hey, you know, I'd like to do this for you. He said, well, I appreciate it, but no. And I just looked at him, I said, no. Well, I mean, don't you need it? Well, yeah, but... Now, wait a minute. It's yours. I've decided it's yours. All you got to do is receive it. Amen. Now, so 
What's mine has to be just in simple faith received. I just have to receive it in simple faith. Let's go over the book of John chapter 5 and we'll spend some time here in John 5 and uh, then we'll get over in the book of Luke a little bit. And here in John 5 we, uh, we have a familiar passage We'll begin in verse 2. Now there was at Jerusalem, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease that he had. So the first thing we see here is that it was God's will to heal his people. All right, he made this avenue available. All right, even in their blindness, even in their state of being away from him. He made this avenue available at this season uh, when that water was troubled. Uh, whoever stepped in and notice whoever stepped in first was made whole of whatever their disease or sickness was and and evidently uh, these people just were laid out around there waiting for the moving of the water all right John chapter 5 and verse 5 and a certain man was there that had an infirmity 38 years. So this man had been in this condition 38 years. And his condition had made him weak or feeble without strength. That's what it means. Powerless. All right. Uh, and we know he believed. Because. We know he believed that when the waters were troubled. He would be healed if he stepped into him because that's what we'll read that he told Jesus. So we know he believed. I can be healed. Right. See, there's in, in a lot of cases, there's no shortage of people that believe they can be healed. But will they receive it? See, faith receives what you believe is yours. Hallelujah. Faith receives what you believe is yours. In verse 6, it says, When Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will you be made whole? Will you be made whole? Now, here's the thing. I've, I've heard people get off track when they're looking at these things. And, and uh, well, you know, they'll say, well, see there, Jesus knew everything. He knew by his omniscience that this man had been there a long time. Or he talked to him and asked him. Right? See, the Bible doesn't say either way. But Jesus knew it. Now, here, here's the important thing that I want you to see. Is that when you when you start going down that road, you take faith out of these accounts. Well, Jesus knew everything about this man. And it was his will to heal him, so he's going to heal him regardless. No, no, that's not right. Everybody that was ever healed in the Bible was healed by their faith. They believed something. They had to believe something. And I, and I heard one commentator say, or read where he said... He said, well, that's not the case for everybody. What about the people that were raised from the dead? Then that was incumbent upon the person that was doing the, the praying. Because to raise anybody from the dead, you have to have the working of miracles, the gifts of healing, and the special gift of faith. You have to have that in operation. And that's incumbent upon you. He's dead. Right? But it was still faith that got the job done. And so, whether Jesus knew this by the Spirit or knew it by conversation with the man, 
he still asked the question, will you be made whole? Now that's a question. So the man can answer. And he can answer yes or no. Is that right? In uh, that phrase, be made whole, it literally means to become instantly whole. So Jesus asked him, do you want to be instantly whole? Oh my goodness. Not a progressive cure right now. Now look what he's asking him. Do you want to receive healing right now? Completely healed right now? Oh, hallelujah. See, that he wanted to be whole was evident. He was at the pool. I want it. It's what I desire. Hallelujah. See, when, when you listen to the word on healing, it's evident you want it. It's evident that's what you desire. When, when people come to healing school, it's evident that's what they want. They want to be healed. They want to stay well. Right? But then it gets to a place where, okay, I believe I am well. I believe I am healed. What have you just started? The receiving process. Just started the receiving process. And, 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 and that's where your confession and that's where your declaration of what you are comes into play. Once you believe that that's what you are and you start saying that's what you are, it speeds the process up. Amen. And that's how you go from not being able to do something to in a short amount of time being able to do it, being able to have the victory. That's why it seems like somebody just came to church and, and you know, they were sick one day and they're just better the next day. Now, somewhere they got the picture, somewhere they received it, and somewhere they declared it. Because that's, that's the operating principles of faith. So this man, though he had a problem, because Jesus is saying, will you be made instantly whole? And he started explaining to him uh, why he couldn't be instantly whole. I don't have anybody to put me in the water. I've told you the story over and over again about the man that, that they wheeled up to the front of the church I had a friend of mine ministering in the church. This man was losing his uh, mobility. He had a degenerative spinal condition. And, and uh, they wheeled him up in the wheelchair. He could walk very, very short distances. So he was in a wheelchair. And my friend was ministering. And he came over to the man and he said, Sir, the Lord tells me that if you will get up, he'll heal you completely. Do you want to be made whole? I'll never forget what he said. He just, he, he chuckled. He went, I can't do that. The Lord said, if you'll get up, you'll be perfectly whole. I got to believe if I would have face planted in front of everybody, I'm getting out of that chair. Right? But, but see, here's the thing. Now, that man was coming to every service. He was in Wednesday night service. He was in Sunday night service. He was in Sunday morning service. Amen. You think I preach on faith a lot now? I was just starting the ministry then. I spent 21 straight weeks preaching on Mark chapter 11. He was in every one of those meetings. Hearing you can have what you say. If you believe in your heart and don't doubt, you'll have what you say. And the first thing that came out of his mouth was, I can't get up. Well, they wheeled him out. And to my knowledge, he never walked. Now, again, I'm not judging his faith in the sense of, did he have faith? I believe he had faith, but I don't believe he acted on what he had. But this man started making excuses. Now, I'm not running him down. I don't have anybody, because he's thinking in terms of the pool. Do you see how your, how your uh, formulas will get in the way? The healer is there, and he's thinking the pool. Right? God, God, God will say, 
you know, I want to heal you or I want to do this. And people will start thinking of all the reasons that God won't do it or shouldn't do it. Hallelujah. So he said, do you want to be instantly whole? He said, while I'm coming, another steps down before me. See, he wanted to be whole. It was evident he was at the pool. People get in a prayer line because they want to be whole. Right? People people, uh, uh, come to church because they want to be better. But it's the receiving. And Jesus went straight to the heart of the matter. Hmm. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Now think about this. That had to be received. How do I know that? Brother, the Lord says, if you'll get up, he'll heal you. I can't do that. You see? Now he's been this way 38 years. He's feeble. He's without strength. Right? And Jesus said, rise, take up your bed, walk. And immediately, he was made whole and took up his bed and walked. Now what people read in this is that somehow, despite what the man believed, in in spite of what he thought, Uh, regardless of whether he had faith or not, Jesus pretty much just healed him whether he wanted it or not. Nope. He received it. He received it. In any instance, there's the giving and there's the receiving. And I have to receive what's being given. Hallelujah. So the man still had to receive. He had to act on what Jesus said. He had to get up and make his bed and walk. Because he could have very well said, I've been this way 38 years. What do you expect? But he didn't. He just received it. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted to receive was his healing. He went there that day expecting to be healed. Now, albeit if he could get in the water, but he went there thinking today might be my day. It sure enough was. But think about this. What would he have got if he'd have stayed home? What brought him to that pool? His expectation. That what? I could be healed today. There's no guarantee Jesus was going to be at that pool. He didn't know Jesus was going to be at that pool. Matter of fact, when you you read on, it's it's evidence that uh, uh, he may not have even known who Jesus was. It says in verse 12, they asked him, what man is that that said to you, take up your bed and walk? And he that was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. He didn't even know who Jesus was. (laughs) But he said, a guy told me to get up. Isn't that great? Woo! How'd you get healed? I don't know. He just told me to get up, and I got up. (laughs) I don't even know who he was. I, I like that. The blind man in John chapter 9. The guy that healed you, is he a prophet? I don't know if he's a prophet or not, but I do know this. I used to be blind, now I see. Isn't that great? He just received it. Speaking of John chapter 9, do you know how much that man would have been taught because his mother and father were adherents to the Jewish faith? You know how many times he probably heard that he was blind because he was a sinner? Because that's what they believed. And Jesus comes to him and puts clay in his eyes and says, go wash in the pool of Siloam and come forth seeing. And it says he went and washed and came forth seeing. 
I believe he got a double revelation. Number one, I'm healed. Number two, I must not be that big of a sinner. Right? But they said, who healed you? Was he a prophet? I don't know, prophet or not. I don't know, but I used to be blind. Now I see. Isn't that great? So when Jesus, when Jesus put clay in his eyes and said, now go wash, the man started expecting something. You ever think about that? That wasn't an easy task for a blind man to find the pool. If there were street signs, he can't read them. It may have taken him a period of time. What drove him to that pool? His expectation. What he believed he could receive. When, when you believe that you're healed and you've received it, you expect to get up tomorrow morning feeling better than you felt yesterday morning. That, that begins to be your expectation. Amen. Uh, Brother Keith Moore, he told a story one time. He was uh, teaching at Ramah, and someone asked him to go visit a relative of theirs in the hospital. And uh, he, much like me sometimes, he said, you know, I didn't always do that, but I felt led to, to go do it. And he said, I, not to go visit people in the hospital, but relatives of people. You know, you get in trouble sometimes. I thought I was going to get beat up one time. I went to a hospital room of a cousin of somebody in the church, and I walked in, and I said, uh, you know, I, so-and-so sent me up. I, you know, I want to pray. And they looked at me like, we don't believe that. I never did get to pray for the person. I had about two or three big redneck boys. They were standing up there in front of the bed, and, you know, I figured I'd get whooped if I tried very hard, you know, might be praying for myself. Lord, heal me. <laughs> Forgive me for my foolishness. <laughs> ah, glory to God. Hallelujah. But he went up and, and the man was in a bad state. I mean, just hurting, sick. Uh, they, they were concerned he was going to die. And he said, I could see right away he did not have faith to believe that he could just get up off that bed. Now, why did he not have faith to believe that? He had no picture of that. You understand? And, and people, very often, they want to go in to a sick bed and just lay hands on that person and then jump up. Listen, that happens. I've seen it happen. It's occurred with us. I believe that wholeheartedly. But what I have seen more than anything is people receiving by their faith. And so he recognized that. And he, and he went over Isaiah 53 and 5, because the man said, I just hurt. I hurt so bad. And he went over to Isaiah 53 where it said he carried our pain. And he asked the man, he said, can you believe that? He said, yes, I can. He said, can you believe that tomorrow the pain will be better? There will be less pain. He said, yes, I can. And he said, I went back the next day and visited him. And he said, you know what? It is better. It's still there, but it's better. It's not what it was. And he said, well, let's believe. And the next day he said, I went and visited him. The man said, yeah, it's better. It's still there, but it, it's better. It's not what it was. Three or four days into it, the man was like, you know what? It's, it's hardly there. It's hardly there. And he said, I went up after about two weeks to visit him. And I went to the room. And they said, oh, him? No, he's better. He checked out. So how do you go from he might die to two weeks, he's better, he checked out? Well, what did he start doing? Getting a picture of pain-free. Well, if you get a picture of being pain-free, what's happening? What's causing the pain is going away. See, because he found him where he could help him. Can you believe that the pain will be better? When you talk to somebody that has a, a, a deadly disease in their body and, and we want them healed, we want it gone, right? And, and, but we have to understand, a lot of it is based on what they believe. I mean, think about this. There are certain words that are associated with diseases, certain diseases, that if you mention them, it's not, nobody goes, oh, that's no big deal. Right? 
When somebody comes to tell you something about somebody and they go, I want to tell you about so-and-so. The doctor said they have cancer. Right? And, and most people go, ooh. Why? Because that's not a cold. Right? That's not a sniffle. That's cancer. I'm not making light of that. I'm saying, why, why do we say that? Because what's associated with cancer? Dying. And if the doctor says that's what is in your body, they prepare themselves for a fight. Right? Or it's, it's just going to be a long, drawn-out battle. And I could die. You know, I'm going to have to go through chemotherapy. I'm going to, I'm going to lose my hair. I'm going to lose weight. Uh, you know, it's going to be painful. I'm going to be sick. Now, we, we hear that kind of thing. We think, well, I would never think that way. You have a different picture. Don't be critical of those that don't have the right picture. Help them get a picture. Right? Help them get a picture of themselves as healed. The world caught on to this. When somebody's dealing with the disease, even the world will tell you to take a picture of when you're at your healthiest and when you're at your youngest and your most fit and put it on a mirror and focus on that because that's what you're desiring. Well, they call it mind over matter. It's not mind over matter. It's a biblical image of hope. I can look that way again. I can be that healthy again. Listen, it's this simple. When you make a mistake and you miss the mark, all right, what a lot of people do is they fall into condemnation and they keep missing the mark because they have a picture of themselves as a sinner that may miss the mark again in three weeks. If you miss the mark, you need to dive right into the Word of God and consume the book of 1 John where it talks about how we have dominion over the devil and whosoever is born of God sinneth not and the wicked one doesn't touch him. Then you're getting an image of yourself as a person that doesn't sin. Not somebody that can sin at any time and probably will before we leave. Pastor, I sinned 14 times before I got home. <laughs> then, then you just need to get in the Word, right? Because you're building an image of yourself. Why do we tell our little kids and our little grandkids how smart they are, how pretty they are, how right? Because we want them to get that image. We want them to get that image. And whatever image that you have is the image that is going to manifest in your life. And so, so we, we want people to instantly be made whole. And, and that's, that's, but we, there's times you got to build the image. And if I will build the image, faith will attach to that image. And faith is the receiver. Faith is the taker. Faith is what produces the result in my life. Oh, hallelujah. When, when uh, the Caldwells, when our, my pastors were in the, the accident not too far from here on Markham, when that tire truck hit them and broke her back in three places, and uh, uh, the, 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 the doctor said, we want to do surgery and, and we want to put a, a bar uh, in your back and uh, shore that up, and uh, she made the statement. She said, no, uh, I'm not paralyzed now. And I'm not going to be paralyzed. I'm not going to have you operating on my back. And she made the statement, Jesus loves me too much to let me be in this state. Well, see, what was the image she had? Loved of God. How does faith work? By love. You, you, you're going to have a hard time getting somebody healed that doesn't think God loves them. Because that's how love functions. That's how faith functions. How can you believe somebody wants to heal you when you don't believe they love you? You can't. Hallelujah. 
So, this man received what Jesus said. He just got up, made his bed, and walked. Even though he didn't know who Jesus was. (laughs) In simple faith, he just received it. So, what is ours by right has to be received by faith. Now, look over here at Luke uh, 18. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why you get the image of, of uh, what, when, when, when I overcame the battle that I fought back in 2013 and, and had the victory and was walking free from that, then the Lord gave me uh, Nahum 1.9 as the verse to stand on if that thing ever tried to come back. This affliction will not arise again the second time. And that's what, and, and, and you know, it hadn't been a lot of times, but there's been two or three times that affliction tried to come back and I said, no, 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 you don't. That affliction will not arise again the second time. I'm free from that. He had a picture. Had a picture. It took those three months or ever how long it was to get to, to, to not build the image. I had an image, but I had to refine it. Amen. I look back on that time, and I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't had a foundation of the Word. It could have been over quick. But the point was, is obviously we knew about faith. We knew faith. We were walking in faith. But there has, that's why you've got to build the image of your... You've got to be well-rounded in your faith. You've got to build the image of yourself consistently as healed consistently as prosperous, consistently as victorious. You Right? You can't... Pa- Pastor Caldwell wrote a book a number of years ago, back in the early 1980s, called The Word System. And uh, I have the only remaining original copy of that book. But nonetheless, uh, uh, he wrote the, the Word System. And he, and he asked the Lord one time, he said, Lord, are you telling me that... He was sitting on the beach... And he said, are you telling me that we can operate in the power of your word to this extent that if we needed to, we could speak to the waves and tell them to quit coming in and they would stop? And the Lord said, yes, if all you talked was my word 100%. And, and he told the Lord, he said, well, Lord, he said, uh, you know, that would be, we'd, we'd kind of look like a weirdo to the world. And the Lord spoke to him and said, well, that's okay. You're supposed to be a peculiar people. Now think about that. And, but we think talking 100% of the word. He said a guy that talked 100% of the word, if he went over and knocked on his neighbor's door to visit him, and his neighbor said, oh, hey, hi, Bill. Uh, how are you today? How are you feeling? Well, I'm the healed of the Lord. My body's completely healed and well. Well, how's your family doing? Well, you know, we're blessed going in and blessed coming out. Everything we touch is blessed. Well, they're going to think you're weird. Right? But what, what is that? That's, that's, that's refining the image. Right? Oh, hallelujah. Charles Capps talked about not deceiving your heart not deceiving your spirit. And this is important where your health is concerned. You can't say things you don't mean and then expect something you do mean to come to pass. You can't expect to always say things you don't mean and then expect things you do mean to come to pass. The world calls it joking. Saying things you don't mean. Like walking out when it's 95 degrees. Whoo, boy, sure is cold, isn't it? Well, Pastor, there's nothing wrong with that. Other than you're teaching your heart to not believe what you say. I've had to work on that. Because just my personality is to be jovial and to be lighthearted. And one day I made a statement about the traffic. 
somebody somebody cut me off. And uh, I told my wife, I told my wife, I wasn't mad and yelling, but I told my wife, I said, yeah, you know, if you're in a hurry, you don't have to give your blinker. And she looked at me and she said, Philip, you don't believe that. I said, well, no, I don't. And she said, if you keep saying what you don't believe, you won't believe nothing. You say, what do you want to do? Well, I did a slow burn and just took it. Because she was right. You know, it'd pay, it'd pay you to recognize the voice of God, whoever's voice he's speaking through. But, but my point is, I, I had to learn that. Because mm, you're building that picture. Right? And we think it's just, well, it's just negative words or positive words. It's, it's you're building an image and your faith will work to retrieve that image for you, ever what it is. Mark eleven twenty three and 24 works in reverse, too. Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. Let's look here at Luke chapter 18. So I want to, I want to, my point in reference in his book was, was, you know, a lot of people, they, they won't cuss. They wouldn't say anything ugly, but they say a lot of things they don't mean. When, you, when we get to the point, I'm working on it, everybody's working on it, when we get to the point that we only say what we mean, then what we say begins to come to pass quicker, because I only say what I mean. Well, what time are you going to be by tomorrow? Oh, about 1 o'clock. Not about when. Say what you mean. I'll be there at 1 o'clock. Thank you. I'll be ready at 1 o'clock. I can see I'm saying what I mean. When I say about 1, well, that could be 20 till, 20 after. Amen. Remember Pharaoh? When do you want the frogs gone? Ah, tomorrow. Tomorrow? What, what about now? Right? What Jesse preached years ago, one more night with the frogs? Amen. What, what I'm trying to say is, is when you get to that point that you're saying what you mean every time, then your words are gaining power. Everybody's words have power, but... Some people have more power in their words than others because they're saying what they mean consistently. And that's why the Lord told me some time ago, he said, you have to be careful with what you're saying because you've developed your faith to a point that you'll have quickly what you say. You got, you got time for another illustration before we read this? I was talking to a friend of mine. He called me and uh, he, uh, he asked me for money. And uh, I didn't feel led to give him any money. He's a minister, I, and I'm not saying anything contrary about him, but this is just what he did. And, uh, you know, I didn't, never, I didn't say, you know, we don't have it, or, or the church doesn't have it, or whatever. I said, well, brother, I said, you know, we got a lot going on right now. And I said, so I'm not, I'm not going to get involved in that. And that was what I said. And well, I told my wife what I'd said, and and this would have been on Friday. And so the next day on Saturday, I came back in from being out. And she called me. And she said, I just have a real check in my spirit about what you told him. And, uh, you know, I didn't lie. I didn't say anything wrong. But, uh, you know, I called him back. And I said, here's the thing. I said, I told you we had a lot going on. I said, we do. I said, but here's why I'm not going to give you any money. I am not being led to give you any money. And it was quiet on the other end of the line. But here's the thing. I had to call him back and say what I meant. Why? Because the head of, the head of this ministry, I, as the head of this ministry, what I say trumps what everybody else says. I can have 50 people declaring abundance, and if I'm talking lack, we're going to be in lack because I'm the head. 
See, your faith is personal. God wants to heal that person. God wants to set them free from their sickness. But if they're saying they're sick, if they're saying they're this, if they're saying they're that, they will get what they say. Because that's the image that they have. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. Uh, again, another familiar passage. But it says, It came to pass that he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the way begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So son of David was a messianic term. It was evidence that this man believed Jesus was who he said he was. He's the Messiah. And if anybody can heal me, the Messiah can. Matter of fact, Jesus had just prophesied to his disciples and told them that he needed to go to Jerusalem because he needed to do the works of the Messiah there. Well, one of the works that the Bible says is only attributed to the Messiah is the healing of blind eyes. And so he calls out and he, he calls him son of David, have mercy on me. And it says they that went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more. See, even this verse, this is where people get hung up. Yeah, when people try to shut you down, just cry louder. What are you crying louder about? See, he believes something. I believe you can heal me. That's why I'm being so loud. Right? We're not just being loud to be loud. You know, if, if, if you have an Alexa in your home, uh, you know, virtual assistant, you know, they, they have so refined it, I'll, I'll goof around, and you can whisper, Alexa, set my opportunity clock for 4 a.m. And, 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 and I say she, she but the, the, she'll go, your opportunity clock is set for 4 a.m. Well, I whispered. And got the job done. See, it's not always about yelling. Loudness doesn't prove you have faith. The volume in your voice doesn't prove that you have faith. I believe God. Well, you might have to do that. But there's times that you just lay back and you say, Father, I believe you. And I, I, am, I am resting in what you said. This man is being loud because they're trying to shut him up. It says that, that, that uh, uh, there's multitudes around Jesus everywhere he went. And here's a blind man beside the road that nobody cares anything about anyway. And he asked somebody, who's passing by? Jesus of Nazareth. My healer? If I can get his attention, he'll heal me. Right? Notice, he heard it was Jesus. What picture came up to him? Healed. Eyes open. Right? Isn't that great? And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, What do you want that I should do to you? Hmm. Now notice, in other words, what are you expecting? What's your expectation here? Lord, notice that I may, here's the word, receive my sight. I want to receive my sight. He already proved he believed. He acted on what he believed. Jesus, help me. Get, have mercy. What do you want me to do? I want to receive something. What? My sight. This isn't, Lord, just bless me any old way you want to. Any way you'll do, Lord. Little dab will do me. No. And Jesus said, receive your sight. Re no, receive it. What does that mean? He didn't have to receive it. It was an act of his will. How do I know that? Because look what Jesus said. Your faith has saved you. The Barclay translation says, your faith has cured you. 
Another translation says, the Lee translation says, your faith has healed you. Well, Jesus healed him. That's funny. Jesus said his faith did. Well, Jesus could have healed anybody. No, he couldn't. Because everybody didn't have faith. The one instance that we see in his own hometown where they wouldn't have faith in him. He couldn't do many mighty works. He did a few mighty works, but not many because they wouldn't believe him. Unbelief shuts the thing down. Amen. That, that's anything that you're believing for. If you won't believe that Jesus is Lord, you will not be saved. All right? He said your faith has cured you. Well, you see the whole process of faith. They're synopsized in these verses. He heard that it was Jesus. He got the picture, this is my healer. And he received what he wanted. This is the key. I have to receive what's mine by faith. If it's mine by faith, then I've got to receive it. And there's things, there's things I'm pressing into, things you're pressing into, things that we're all pressing into, and we're pressing into them by faith. Well, if you're in, in faith, you have a picture. If you don't have a picture, you may have faith, but you don't have faith for that thing because you don't have a picture of that thing. Hallelujah. Listen, one, one of my children one time, they weren't living for the Lord. And they were wanting me to give them money. And I said, no. And they said, well, why not? I said, listen to me. I have plenty of money. And you could be enjoying the benefits of that plenty of money. But you don't want to live right. And I'm not going to take what God's blessed me with and give it to you so you can go live like the devil. You understand? See, they had no desire to live right. I got plenty of money. I can help you. But you're not doing what it takes to be a recipient of that. So having faith without a picture is is like that i got plenty to get what i need i just don't have a picture of what i need that's important because one plus zero will always equal zero or one. Never changes. Right? Any number plus zero just equals the number. So I can have faith, no picture, faith for what? What, what is my faith the substance of? What is it giving substance to? And we go back to, I'm building the image. I see me as healed. Faith has something to give substance to. What's it giving substance to? What you see yourself as healed. So faith gives substance to that. It's one of the greatest revelations I learned about faith. It's, 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 it's God told Joshua, he said, if you, when, when he was uh, uh, dealing with Jericho, he took him in Joshua chapter 6, and he showed him the city, and he said, Now see, I have given into your hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. But the Bible tells us in verse 1 that Jericho was tightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Looked like a very formidable thing. What did God do? He gave Joshua an image of Je Jericho is yours. That's why, oh Jesus... That's why it was not a big deal. It didn't seem odd to Joshua to march around the walls six days and then march around the seventh day seven times. Didn't seem odd to Joshua because God said, I've given you the city. 
And the Bible says in Hebrews 11, around verse 30, that by faith they did that. Well, if they did it by faith, they had a picture of it belonging to them. Now, that's so important. If you've got a picture of yourself well, it's just a matter of time before faith gives substance to that and you're well. I mean, literally, just a matter of time. Well, how long? That, that depends on how much you fuel the picture. If I'm constantly talking it, oh, hallelujah. I got to hurry and get you out of here. But that, that, may, that may involve turning something off and turning something else on. When you're driving down the road, you might have to listen to something other than whatever's been on the radio or whatever I've been listening to. Hallelujah. Information is not necessarily faith-building information. Oh, hallelujah. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the people of God that you've brought here to hear the word of God. Lord, concerning healing for their bodies, healing for their, for their uh, uh, afflictions. Lord, thank you for those joining online. Thank you that they're healed by the power of God. Oh, thank you, Father. That we take the time to build that image in our spirit. I see me as healed. I see me as whole. I see me as righteous. I see me as set apart. In the name of Jesus. And we receive what we see in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. We hope to see you tomorrow night if you can be with us. If not, we'll see you maybe Sunday morning or next Tuesday. But either way, we'll see you again. And until uh, we see you then, please remember to keep the switch of faith turned on and build your faith in Jesus' name.